coaching to me isn't just about the plan. It's about being supportive, being that um, someone who's holding you accountable, um, someone who's checking in, and honestly, someone who just shows that they care. This Runs Radio, episode 513, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, no official sponsor today. Today is one of those kind of self-sponsored episodes where uh, I can I can tell you a little bit about something that's going on, and this one is actually kind of timely. So um, if you listen to this right about when this comes out, and this episode drops on uh, 3 January 2018, right at the start of the new year, uh, we are right smack dab in the middle of a three-part webinar series uh, looking at kind of starting the year strong. So if you're listening to this right right as it comes out, you know, the, the day of or the day the day after, if you listen to this on Wednesday or Thursday, the first week of the year, uh, head on over to disruns.com slash best year. And uh, you can join us and and hopefully kind of learn a few things to help you uh, kick off 2018 as as a as the best running year uh, that you've that you've ever had. And and who knows, maybe some of those lessons will be things that can kind of filter into some other areas of your life, and you can really you know really win it in in 2018. But if you're not listening to this right off the bat, you know because let's be honest, sometimes things pile up in the feed a little bit, and, and you're a week or two late behind you know listening to the the episode, or maybe maybe you just found this episode you know several months from now as this gets recorded. And you listen to this in, in April or May or June, but you're ready to, to kind of, you know, could use a little boost to kind of get started. Maybe you're new to running or you're coming back from an injury or, or something like that, where, you know, kind of that, that quote unquote new year mentality is still strong for you right now. Um, if you head on over to disruns.com slash best year replay, all one word, best year replay. Uh, we'll have, we'll have the replays available, uh, for a small, small dollar purchase, uh, re- real, uh, real small money. And, and you'll also get a free, uh, coaching call mixed in there as well. So basically you can either view it as, as you're buying the webinars and getting a free coaching call, or you're buying a coaching call and getting the webinars for free, uh, whichever, whichever way you want to look at it. But, uh, if you're, if you're interested in kind of, you know, kickstarting, um, your, your progress in running, whether it's still at the start of the new year or at any point, uh, throughout the year or any time into the future, uh, disruns.com slash best year or com slash best year replay. And, uh, we'll get you squared away. And if you have any questions, obviously just let me know, but, uh, enough of, enough of this stuff. Now let's go ahead and uh, dive in, shall we? To, uh, enjoy today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my guest today is someone that uh, most of us can probably relate to in that he pretty much just loves every aspect related to the sport of running. Uh, As he continues to grow in the sport and and continues to push his own limits, he also continues to inspire others to do the same thing. And uh, he recently started a new coaching venture, which is called uh, Next Level Running. And uh, all that considered and all that uh, taken into account, it's definitely a pleasure of mine to be able to uh, welcome Mr. Thomas Paquette to the show today. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Thomas. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me, Denny. Uh, the, the pleasure is, is certainly mine. And guys, if you want to connect with Thomas and, and find out more about what he's got going on and what what uh, what, what he's all up to, um, social media, probably the best place to do so on Instagram. It's just his name, at Thomas Paquette. That's uh, T-H-O-M-A-S-P-A-Q-U-E-T-T-E. Got a little bit of French Canadian going on there. Um, and on, on the Twitter, you can connect with him there as well. Uh, handle is, is uh, different than his name this time. It's, it's at Pac-Man Runs, and that's Pac with a Q. P-A-Q-M-A-N. 
R-U-N-S. And those are probably the two best places. Also, uh, Facebook, if you're, if you're so inclined, if you're, if you're more of a Facebook person, you connect with them there. You know, just, just the name. Again, Thomas Paquette. Pretty simple. And we'll have everything linked up as we always do uh, in the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at disruns.com slash 513. So, uh, Thomas, the way, the way we start off the show, and you know, I mean, you listen to the show. You, you're not, uh, you're not uh, coming to this blind. Um, but it's, it's the same question every time. It just gives us a fun place to start from and, and expand upon. Uh, but that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Oh, boy. Um, well, like you just said, this, this question was definitely coming. Um, you know, I think I've fallen in love uh, with the marathon for sure, 26.2. Um, but the thing about the marathon for me is that I probably don't know how to race it yet. Mm. Um, I'm still in that phase of just learning it, learning the distance, how to run it comfy. Um, but if you were to say race, uh, too, I probably the, either the half marathon or the marathon. I, I've definitely raced the marathon or the half marathon, but the marathon for sure. 26.2. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I still haven't figured out how to race the marathon either. So it's, it's, and I, I feel like sometimes even when you talk to people that have, have been running and racing for years and have done, you know, literally dozens, if not hundreds of marathons, I feel like the, the same thing kind of comes about with that race and that, um, even when you know how to race it, you don't know how to race it on race. Like it's, it's still a learning experience every time you do it. So it's, it's such a, oh, I agree. Yeah. A, a tough distance, but, uh, you know, kudos to you for continuing to try to figure it out. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully you get there. Cause I, I Lord knows I'm still trying to as well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that because, uh, when I started dabbling into the marathon, my, uh, my inclination, my gut feeling is, oh yeah, I could race a marathon. Uh, no problem. You know, <laughs> my, my, my times from the 10 K to the half marathon transfers to, you know, on paper, I could run a 20 or a two hour and 26 minute, uh, Ooh. marathon, but I, I went for it. And, uh, you know, in my, in my eyes, I, I failed, you know, and, and I've struggled with the, the marathon. Um, and then, uh, you know, the half marathon, you just could kind of, you know, attack it and it's only, you know, half the distance. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you don't have to, uh, worry so much about the fueling and, and, uh, being out there for, for two, two plus hours. So, well, for, for some of us, the half marathon is, is a two, two ish hour. Oh, event. Yeah, but, that uh, is true too. But, yeah. but I get what you're saying. I mean, when you're, when you're really, um, you know, to, to, to really race the, the marathon, there are a lot of other, variables that come into play that that maybe are somewhat in play with the shorter distances but you know whether whether you're out there for two and a half or three hours for the marathon or five or six hours for the marathon or or whatever however long it takes you um there's still just like you said the fueling the nutrition the the pacing is just how to pace yourself is different the training is all there there's just so many variables that have to come into play oh yeah absolutely um you know, my, my first attempt at the marathon was probably last uh, September uh, up here in Keene, New Hampshire. The Clarence DeMar, uh, you know, seven-time winner of the Boston Marathon, he's from Keene, New Hampshire. So uh, it's pretty cool. And it's just a small-town uh, marathon. And, um, you know, everyone knew, you know, that I was going to, you know, try to, to run a fast time. And um, I have so many uh, mentors and coaches um, and a, a really good friend of mine, George Adams, uh, who has won the, the Clarence DeMar marathon several times, you know, has always told me, you know, you, your first marathon, you, you just need to 
get it under your belt. You can't, you can't race it. Just feel it out because you're going to go through some ups and downs. And, you know, the, the young guy like me was like, ah, what are you talking about? And, uh, you know, I, I went for it and it was probably the hardest race I've ever run in my life. Um, and, I'll tell you right now, I walked the last two miles <laughs> and it was the first time that that's ever happened to me and uh, certainly humbles you and uh, kind of puts you in your place. You have to respect the distance. And after my first go at it, uh, you know, it really put things into perspective and put things, opened my eyes uh, to how hard the marathon is. Uh, and, and I think that's why I, I say it's my favorite distance because it, it, it's so elusive mm -hmm. and um, we all try to master it and no one marathon is going to be, uh, be the same. And, you know, after, after my first marathon, I've kind of become obsessed with it. Uh, maybe running it a little too much. I, I attempted Boston uh, last year, uh, hot day. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners can relate and then uh, just another bad go at it. And then two weeks after Boston, I had to mentally uh, get over myself. And I, I went and did Providence Marathon and ran a PR. Mm. Just went out comfy, ran. And, um, and then after that, it, it just kind of was like, okay, what I should have done at Providence is probably what I should have done my first marathon. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it, everybody goes and learns, learns a distance in different ways, but um, it's just one of those things where I just want to master it and I, I plan to, it just will take some time. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things in there that, uh, I, I want to unpack, but I, I love the, 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 uh, um, or at least the, the, what I'm putting together is that, you know, before that, before that first one, when, when, um, it was George was that the guy's name that you said? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When you, when you said, you know, you got it, you got to kind of, you know, figure this out first before you go hard and, and you had the bravado and, and really went hard. And now, you know, a couple times into it, you're like, all right, well, yeah. All right. I've, I've realized that I can't just go, go crazy. That this is going to be a process and a learning experience. <laughs> yep. And so you've, you've already in just, in just, you know, whatever it's been just a little over a year of, of, you know, between those experiences, um, or not quite a year, whatever, whatever the time frame plays out, you've, you've, you've come to grips that it's going to be a process and a, and a learning experience. But, um, one, one thing that I would love to, to dive into a little bit here, if, if, uh, you're willing to, um, is kind of the buildup and training to, to that first marathon. Um, and, and want the, the listeners to keep in mind that, you know, even if, even if we're not all running at that same type of pace where the goal is, is, you know, somewhere in below three hours or whatever, whatever your, your, you know, the times might be, a lot of these principles are going to translate, whether it's, it's a half marathon, you're training for your first half marathon, you're training for your first marathon, whatever, um, you know, the, the struggles, the questions, and, and, and hopefully some of the, the, things that I'm asking and, and the conversation we have will relate no matter where you are on the running spectrum. Cause I think sometimes, um, when I have folks on the show that are, um, really a lot faster than, than some of the listeners, it's easy to check out and be like, Oh, this, this, this guy's story, this gal's story doesn't really apply so much to me because they're running sub three and I'm running five and a half hours for the marathon. So just wanted to put all that out there before I, I start asking these questions. But, um, Thomas, for, for you, um, what was training like for that, for that first marathon? Obviously you, you had your eyes, you know, your, your, your aim was pretty high. You were going for a big goal. Let's, let's go out there and, and really crush it. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that from what you said earlier about the, the on paper, you know, saying that, that your time should have been, you know, 
in the 230 range based on your 10k and your half marathon that maybe that was even more so helping to, to set you up or, and, and and set your aim high for for a really strong race um but but in the in the build-up in the training leading up to it we're, we're how, how how was the training and we'll start there and then we'll kind of break it down oh yeah definitely um well le- leading into uh, my first marathon i was um you know in hindsight now, I, I think I was doing too much, <laughs> um, but I was doing about two, two workouts a week in a long run. Um, and my mileage was probably around uh, 75 to 80. Um, but I always emphasized a rest day mm-hmm. um, on a Friday or whatever day uh, it, it worked with my work schedule. Um, but that was, that was my training. And um, looking back at it, I was just running way too fast for in in for for my body mm-hmm. and um and for my mind I think too. Um you know going back to saying that you know on paper you know you you look at the numbers and it just doesn't translate. Um I think that my training especially with uh all the all the miles I was doing before I just wasn't wasn't ready. Um and um, with the strength and, and with, with my buildup. Um, so yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, and, and, and the reason I ask is because I, you know, like you said, in, in hindsight, hindsight's always going to be 2020. So it's, it's, it's easy yeah. to look back and go, well, maybe I could have tried this differently or done this differently. And, and then, you know, as, as you continue to run, you know, run more and, and run more of these races, you'll figure out what the right balance is for you in terms of, you know, higher intensity workouts, just the recovery miles, all, you know, just taking rest in general, strength training, all those things that, you know, we all have to figure that out for, for ourselves, uh, and, and what the right balance is, because there's certainly no, um, at least in my belief, there's no cookie cutter way of saying that this is the best way for everybody to try to prepare for, for those types of races. Um, what was what was your longest run leading into the the marathon? Had had you gone, uh, you know? There's obviously there's different philosophies there as well as far as how how many miles you you do for any one long run before before a race. Uh, what what did you do leading up to that race? Um, I think my longest run was uh, 24 miles. Okay, um, and it, it was just a, a steady a steady run, comfortable run. Um, you know as being a coach and, um, also just like you said, different philosophies, um, 24 miles. If, if I had just gone two more miles, I, I mean, that's, that's your race right there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, 24 miles, I think is just for that men- mental, uh, piece of it. Um, knowing that you could probably just go a little bit further and, and, and you've, uh, completed your, your goal distance. Um, but yeah, 24 miles was my longest and I was consistently doing about 20 miles every weekend, mm-hmm. um, building and then, and just one 22 miler and then eventually getting to that 24 mile, probably, f- uh, three or four weeks before, before the race. So, um, yeah. Gotcha. And, and part of the reason I asked that is uh, obviously I was curious, but, but, uh, so, so then, then that, that answer shapes this next question then with, with, knowing that you ended up walking basically the last two miles of, of the race. Um, but sounds like you felt pretty good for the, the 24 miler. What was, what was the big difference? I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume that you went a bit harder on race day, the first, the first 24 miles, but, um, I mean, I mean, was it, was it simply that you just went too hard too early on race day or, or, um, again, with hindsight as the guide, can, can you pinpoint why, 
why the fall off was so much worse on race day than it was, you know, how you, how you felt at the end of a, of a 24 mile training run a few weeks uh, prior to the race? Yeah. I mean, I think a year later, I still kind of contemplate, uh, what went wrong. And, and I'm sure everybody who has run the marathon always has those, those questions once they finish the line, like what went wrong and don't get me wrong again, that, uh, a lot of people across that line and be totally pumped for themselves without having any issues. But, um, I think it's the, the kind of the, how would I put it? Not knowing, uh, my first marathon, I did, I think all the wrong things. I went out way too fast. Um, it was kind of a small town race. So I was all by myself and I had this idea that you had to hit your splits you know, you had to hit your goal pace every single mile. Um, and I didn't fuel, right? So I didn't take any nutrition. I wasn't really drinking any water. Um, all the little things that, that go into making uh, the marathon a successful successful run. Um, the, the Clarence DeMar Marathon is a net downhill course, um, very much mimics Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time you get into downtown, you're kind of winding and changing your gait pattern. And um, it, it gets very tough. And then there's this graveyard um, that hits you at uh, mile 22, which is really windy. And then the steep wall of a hill. Um, and uh, that's that's essentially where I started cramping up. And um you know, I ran a great, uh, a great 18 miles, but every marathoner <laughs> could say, Hey, everybody runs a great first 18 miles, um, in a marathon. Um, but literally the wall hit me. Um, and, and I have never experienced anything like that before. Um, it was, it was, it's, it was very, uh, very painful, I would say. Yeah. The, uh, when, when the wall hits, uh, it hits harder than you can hit back. So yeah, yeah. You, you, you end up worse, yeah. worse off in that situation for sure. Yeah. But also to add, I, I think, uh, the number one thing that was my downfall in that my first marathon was that I, I wasn't running relaxed. Mm. Um, I wasn't running, uh, comfortably. Um, you know, I was constantly thinking about my splits and, uh, you know, where, my, where's my friend George going to be to tell me my splits and, um, and I think that's the difference between uh, a year from now um, and then was that, you know, I've kind of realized that you have to approach the marathon as as relaxed as possible. Um, and um, if you're not relaxed, if your body's uh, tense, you're you're going to you're going to experience some some pain later on down the road. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. And, and again, one of those things that they can translate to, to everybody, no matter how fast or, or, or uh, slow you might be, no matter how long your, your race is, is going to be, um, you know, 5k one mile uh, up to the marathon and, and even ultra distance. If you, if you, if you're not relaxing out there and, and trying to, to, to stay relaxed. And I, I try to tell my clients to try to run with a smile on your face. Cause if you, if you're, if you're smiling, oh, yeah. even if, even if you're forcing, it, even if it's kind of a fake smile, but if you're smiling, it just, it just helps you to just be at ease just a little bit more, um, which just takes that little bit of, of extra energy when you're, when you're not, you know, when, when you're, when you're stressed up, when you're too tense, it's just, you're just burning energy that you don't, that you're just wasting it. So yeah, trying exactly. to, to relax and, and, uh, and enjoy things a little bit better if it makes a difference. So, um, like you said, the, the next marathon, you know, try to redeem yourself. You go to, you go to Boston and, and didn't, uh, didn't go real well there either was, I'm going to assume you, you made some tweaks and changes that, that didn't really, uh, 
pay off. But uh, what was what was the strategy going into Boston like? You know, strategy going to Boston was um, you know go out slow um, and um, see see how you feel. Um, but again, I think. I put a lot of pressure on myself uh, to kind of uh, perform at a, such a big, high-caliber event. Um, I was able to get an invitational bib, um, and I, I trained. And I think that uh, my downfall, and I, I hate to say it, but a lot of it was was the heat. You know, for the first time, I wore my heart rate monitor uh, that race, uh, a, a heart rate belt, and. Uh, at the start line, my heart rate was uh, about 120, uh, which is not normal, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if you're just standing there. And uh, going downhill for all those people who have done uh, done Boston, you know, the first 10 miles is downhill. My heart rate was at 175 going downhill. Yep. And I, I hit uh, five miles and I hit 10 miles and my heart rate never went down. And then I just knew after 10 miles that this was going to be a death march to the end. <laughs> um, and yeah, I hit the, hit the Newton Hills and then it, it was, it really got to me. Um, and I, I walked again, mm-hmm. <laughs> I walked again after a uh, heartbreak. Um, but you know, I was determined to finish. I had a lot of, of my friends there and I wasn't going to let them down. Um, so I, you know, made it to, made it to Boylston and hands in my head and, uh, you know, was still telling myself how the how the heck do I do I run this distance? You know, I'm I'm still um, perplexed, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. Um, but again, I wasn't relaxed. I, I remember going down a heartbreak or going up heartbreak, and a friend of mine, I, I couldn't tell you who it was, yelled my name, "Hey, Thomas!" And I remember turning to look who it was, and the whole left side of my face and my body just cramped up. Mm has never happened to me in my life before, even in a workout, even in, in, in a, a, a long run. And that just goes to show, you know, as I, as I uh, reflected upon that, that experience that I wasn't running relaxed again, you know, you should always be um, loosey goosey, be able to, you know, have your hands nice and nice and uh, loose and your neck and your, your whole body. And again, just tensed up, the whole time and not enjoying myself. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, that's the name of the game in the, in the, in the thing about the marathon. Yeah. And, and clearly it's, uh, it's something that, uh, most people, most people aren't Galen Rupp where they go out there and, and hammer it the first time. You know, you got to, you got to learn from it. You got to, um, you know, take, take a few lumps and, and, and you know, take the advice. But, but like you said earlier, sometimes you got to, you got to, uh, swallow your pride a little bit and, and maybe take the advice instead of being like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm young and I know what I'm doing. And, and, uh, you know, hindsight can always be 2020 in those types of situations. But, you know, then to come back a couple of weeks later, which is not, uh, not always the most, uh, recommended no, approach. Probably not the, yeah, not, probably, <laughs> probably not the smartest thing to do, but I think for my, for my brain, I had to do it. But, well, yeah. And, yeah. And, and let's get into that a little bit because, uh, you know, as, as, as runners, one of the faults that, that a lot of us have is this idea that, all right, well, you know, this race is done. I need to get right back out there. Even if it, if you have a great race, it's like, I need to get right back out there and build upon it to, to take myself even to, to the next level. And if you have a, a not so good race, it's like, I need to get right back out there and redeem myself. And, and, um, again, not always the most recommended approach, uh, 
I definitely uh, a believer that that you need to take a little bit of time at least to to rest and recover after after a big race like that. But a couple of weeks later, you, you go out there and and obviously something clicked. Um, and like you said, maybe it was it was what you needed to do, even if it's not what uh, quote unquote is is the the right thing in in most situations for for most people. Um, why why do you think Providence went so much better? I, I'm going to assume that maybe you relaxed a little bit more because I think you even mentioned. Oh, that absolutely, beginning. yeah. But, but why was it such a better race for you? Um, it's funny here. I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, I had two athletes running, uh, Providence. So I was going down, uh, to watch them anyways and, and cheer them on. And then my coach at the time was like, you're in shape. How do your legs feel? And I was like, you know, you know, I put a beating in Boston, but you know, I recovered, um, some, a lot quicker than my first. And then, uh, you know, I just decided to, you know, last minute sign up. And I, to your point, yeah, I was just a lot more relaxed. Uh, I, I treated it as a long run, um, you know, in my head and talking about those 24 milers, you know, you look at my 24 mile run, I'm running, you know, an easy 650 pace. And had I done another two miles, I would have run a, you know, a 650 or 254 marathon. So that was just my goal, um, for Providence was just go out and go for a long run. Um, funny thing is one of my friends who, who I knew, um, was at the start line. I'm like, Hey, what are you doing here? You just ran Boston too. And he's like, Oh, I'm just here to, you know, run relaxed too. Uh, Boston didn't go so well. So we, we both had that same goal to just, you know, get a, a BQ and just run, uh, a long run. And, uh, yeah, coincidentally that, that, uh, that, that race, I wound up running with one of the top, uh, high school runners, um, from Rhode Island. Um, and it was just a fun time. You know, I met so many people, um, hopping in and out of just trying to get their long run in to, um, you know, I just enjoyed myself. I smiled. Um, I took in the crowds, uh, a good friend of mine from college was there helping his sister out. And it was, a, I just wanted to go enjoy it. And I, I think that's what I, I missed my first two marathons is I just didn't, enjoy it. I didn't go in because I was trying to have fun. I was trying to nail a time where, where province was like, no, forget all that. Um, and I think a lot of people can maybe relate to this too, is that I didn't tell anybody I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of of people, um, put a lot of pressure on themselves by, by telling people, um, their goals, which I mean, don't get me wrong. You look at, uh, you know, my social media, my Instagram, I'm always kind of telling people what I'm up to, um, with my running because it's my passion. But, um, I think not telling anybody and, and not having, uh, so much added pressure on myself allowed me to run comfortably at Providence. And it, it was just a fun day. I, I agree. And, and I, I love that idea of kind of taking the pressure off, but, but now I gotta, I gotta ask the million dollar follow-up question. Um, what happens for the next race when you do sign up in advance and it is a, a, a goal race and people do know, I mean, you know, like we said, Providence pretty much spur of the moment, you know, just kind of on a whim, like, yeah, I'll go out and do it. And so it's, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but maybe it's easier to, to just run it comfortably and, and relaxed and, and enjoy the crowds and it's no big deal. But, but say that whatever the next race is for you, whatever the next marathon is when it's, it's all right, I have a strict goal. This is exactly what I want to do. This is the plan I want to, uh, you know, to, to put into place and, and to, and to, to succeed upon to, to hit your goal. Um, do, do you think that you, did, did you learn enough from Providence or, or is it going to be, have to kind of wait and see to see how that translates to a race that's more of a specific goal than, than this one, if that whole line of, of questioning makes sense to you? 
No, definitely. Um, no, I think you have a good point. Um, you know, I think it was three Sundays ago, I just did uh, Philadelphia. Um, so yeah, kind of a lot of marathons in one year. Um, but uh, I think I've matured, I would like to say, as a marathoner or as a runner uh, over this past year. Um, and kind of understanding that I can't just go out and and run uh, a time just because the numbers say I can. It's it's a process. So I think being able to uh, comprehend that and, and kind of um, take that in has allowed me to uh, approach uh, any race as a more relaxing um, and, and take it is for what it is. Um, I was able to run Philadelphia again as another comfy run, but I still ran faster than I did at Providence. Mm. And that was all due in part to the, the previous, um, my, my previous experiences with the distance, um, and not putting a whole lot of pressure on myself. It was 40 mile an hour wind gusts at Philadelphia a couple weeks ago. Um, and again, the goal was just go out and have fun, um, smile, high five people going around the Rocky monument and, and, you know, just kind of tackling the last, um, last nine miles as, as, as a, as a good effort. Mm -hmm. And I did just that and, you know, walked away with, with a a smile on my face. So. Yeah. What wiser people than than me have said that, you know, the marathon is nothing but a a 10 K race after a 20 mile warm up. So maybe that's, that's the secret is just really keep that, that first, you know, 18, 20 miles, however, however you break it down, um, just try to keep that as easy as possible. And then, you know, based on how you're feeling with, with a 10 K to go or so, like that's, that's when, you know, the race actually begins and that's when you start pushing yeah. yourself, but everything before that, you got to keep it, got to keep it simple. Yeah. I've always, I've also heard the the quote, you know, the marathon is your worst, uh, the worst 20 mile or the longest 20 mile or to the worst 10 K of your life. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I certainly can relate to that too. So, yeah. yeah and, and those, and those plans of, of starting comfortable, um, can be easier said than done. It's, it's one thing to put that on, on paper, to have that in your training plan or even commit to that's what I'm going to do. And then you get there and you got the adrenaline and your legs feel good. Cause you just came off the taper and it's like, man, it's, you, you start go out there and if you hit it too hard, too early, boy, it, it uh, I, I've been there. I've, I've had the piano fall on my back. Like it's, <laughs> yep. it's not a whole lot of fun at the end. Yep. I, I agree. Um, you know, it, I, I just remember going back to that first marathon that, uh, you know, the old me would have dropped out, uh, the old me, the college me would have dropped out of the, out of the, uh, the marathon, but I, I didn't want to. Um, and it, it certainly, I'm certainly a better runner having experienced, you know, Clarence DeMar last, last fall and then Boston in 2016. I, I, I needed those runs mm. and those experiences to really understand what type of runner I am. And, uh, it, I'm so glad I've kind of gone the long way and the long route, uh, to learning the marathon and I'm still learning, but without those hard ones, you can't tell, tell your good ones. So, yeah. Oh, definitely. And, and, uh, you know, if we, if we want to get on the, the quote, uh, bandwagon, there's, and I don't know the exact quote, but something along the lines of, you know, you, you definitely don't learn much from success, but you have a whole opportunity to learn a lot from, from a failure, from a really rough, a rough go of it. So yeah, it's, suffering through those last couple of miles, um, definitely provides more, more lessons than if you just quit when the going gets tough, because that's what you would have done in the past. So kudos to keep oh, yeah. going, even though it wasn't, uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. enjoyable, but uh, you, you mentioned the college. I, I'd love to even go back a little bit further than that. What's, what's your running history? Like, how did you get, uh, get started in the sport? I'm, I'm going to assume. And again, you know, you can always get in trouble when you're making assumptions, but I'm assuming that, uh, 
that that with where you with where your paces are and and things like that that, that running has been been part of something that you've done for uh for for quite a, quite a while now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, running has been part of my life ever since I was little. My mother was a, a marathoner. Um, she ran the New York City Marathon when she was my age. Um, and then back in middle school, um, I'm from the town Bolton, Connecticut, um, in the in New England, and my middle school. Um, started a cross-country program. <laughs> and I've never really told anybody this. So it's kind of naive. And my dad approached me. He's like, hey, you want to do cross-country? And my mind is like, how the heck am I going to go to school if I'm going across country? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had no clue what he was talking about. Um, but, you know, I've always been athletic. Uh, I played baseball. Baseball was my life. And then as uh, as I remain small and scrawny everyone was getting bigger in high school um and then i started i joined the cross-country team in in high school and uh i was eventually an all-state runner at my high school in in cross-country um a mediocre track runner track wasn't a huge thing at the time in at my high school and then kind of just fell in love with it you know uh you know no sport is is without running, you know, football, basketball, you, you need to run. And, uh, I just found that I was better at running than I was in baseball, which is, was crazy. <laughs> um, and then after high school, I, I wanted to continue running. Um, I certainly wasn't a D one or D two caliber. Um, but my, my good friend, um, Andrea had very good success up at Keene State and I had always been in love with New Hampshire and the mountains. We used to go vacationing up there uh, when I was little and so I wanted to be in New Hampshire and I visited. The coach said, um, I gave him my times and he looked at me and he said, you have a lot of work to do but I'd love to have you mm. and uh, put in a summer of training and it was one of those kind of mini success stories I would say. You know, I was maybe 15th man on the team had no clue about collegiate running or, uh, training in general, mm -hmm. um, in the sense of going from high school to college, I had no clue how to race an 8k. Um, cause that's what we ran in mm -hmm. D three. And, uh, it was crazy. Every, every 8k course, whether, whether it was hilly or, um, or flat, I ran 2830, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was, it was just, I didn't know how to race an 8K because um, in high school, you run a 5K. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, I, I continued running after cross country. And it was the first time do, running all three seasons. I ran uh, cross country, indoor and outdoor that year, my freshman year. And I, my coach, Peter Thomas, had put me in the 3K at Dartmouth mm -hmm. um, at um, Laverne center up there and uh i ran you know and i forget in 940 maybe in the 3k had no clue what i was doing and i kept training kept training and then all of a sudden he took he he surprised me he's like i'm gonna take you to bu terrier which is uh the bu uh track up there is extremely fast mm -hmm. bang track good competition and i ran nine flat so i went from 940 to nine flat in wow. maybe three weeks and then all of a sudden he was like where the hell did that come from? <laughs> and then he, he, and then we just started, you know, I started getting into a groove. Um, but you know, I, college was really, really tough because I, I, I kind of struggled with comparing myself to, um, 
the the top dogs and and previous teams it was it's kind of been that keen state way um which is unfortunate but fortunate at the same time we we've had some so much so many great athletes come through that that school and um I kind of struggled with that, you know, how come I, I'm not as good as this person? Um, you know, and, and I struggled with that. And my, my number one goal in college was I really wanted to be an all American. Um, that was my goal. Um, and I'll tell you right now, my, my last college race on the outdoor track, I dropped out of, mm. I just stepped right off of the track. And, um, and I was extremely upset because my goal of becoming an All-American, I kind of quit on myself. Um, and I think going into that summer, my one of my best friends, uh, Brett, gave me and told me probably the best advice that I've ever received, and I tell it to everybody, um, is running will never leave you, right? So um, I was bummed out. You know, I my running hasn't amounted to anything. That's what I thought. And he said, you know what, take a break because running will be there when you get back. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there's so much more to, to running than just an all American. Um, and that's what I've discovered as you could tell, um, is that I've gone places and I I've experienced, um, things and met new people because I continued to run. Um, and it's always been there for me. And, and that's what I love about the sport. Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great, uh, great story. And it's certainly a great, a great reminder, uh, you know, that, uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes you just have to take a break, but it's always going to be there. Running's always going to be there. You can always, you always come back and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to disappear. So that's a, a good, a good reminder for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, sh shifting gears a bit, you know, kind of got, got the past and, and, uh, the, the running stuff, um, you know, the, this, this newer venture with, with the coaching stuff, where did, where did, uh, where did that seed get planted? It sounds like you've had some good coaches in your past. Maybe it was part of that, but, uh, what, what, uh, led you to kind of start, uh, working with some other runners and helping them move, move the needle on, in their running careers? Oh, um, you know, kind of like you said, I, I've had so many good coaches, um, you know, and whether that be, you know, professional or just friends, mentors, um, I think you can learn a lot from everybody. Um, but after college, I, I really wanted to have an impact on, on kids, just like my college coach did. You know, I went from, you know, a, a you know, mediocre runner to somebody who just realized, holy, holy moly, I, I could achieve this just by, um, following my passion. And I really wanted to have that impact. So, um, I was approached by a good friend of mine, uh, Wilson, who is a, a tremendous um, runner at Keene State in the 2000s, eight-time All-American. And um, he was a, a coach at New England College at the time, and he knew I wanted to coach. And he asked me, hey, do you want to be an assistant coach um, with me? And I, I said, absolutely. Um, and over the two, those two years I was, I was with, uh, New England college. Um, I just loved it. You know, mm. I, I was helping these athletes reach their goals and, um, but unfortunately, um, you know, college is a business, you know, right. and it, and it turned into not so much about coaching, but you know, then the administration wondering why, uh, recruit numbers are down or, um, how come this isn't happening, you know, and you, you just find that you're in a position where you don't have a su the support from, 
from a certain administration or institution and you're trying to, you know, they expect you to build Rome with just a, just a hammer, you know, <laughs> and, it, and it just got tough. Um, and I kind of fell out of that passion to be a collegiate runner. Um, so I decided, you know, over time that, you know, it wasn't for me. And then uh, I started um, in junction with working at a run specialty store, uh, Ted Shoe and Sport in Key, New Hampshire. Um, I started working at a, a personalized fitness studio. Um, it's not your typical Planet Fitness. It was uh, body and souls, what you call it. And um, I started my own class called Cross Training for Runners. And it went from helping collegiate athletes, you know, uh, 18-year-olds to 20 22-year-olds to helping everyday person reach their goals. And I just found so much joy in that. Um, and there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, negativity um, with it. And from then, I just had this idea, you know, why don't I, I start my own personal venture, business venture, and help people um, with their personal needs with their running because there wasn't really anything in in the community who was doing that. And um, it's kind of taken off from there. And uh, I've helped several athlete, athletes who, um, you know, didn't even think they could do what they're doing um, to all of a sudden PRing in a half marathon uh, to, you know, someone who just wants to get moving again, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone who has run four marathons when I was younger and, you know, I, I just want to get back to moving. I just want to be able to run five miles by the end of the week. And I'm helping all sorts of people. And, you know, I've, fa- I've fallen in love with just sharing that passion, um, my passion for running. And, you know, people, people love that. And it's just, it's incredible, the community, the running community in general. So, yeah, you yeah. you get no arguments from me about the uh, the awesomeness that is uh, is the running community as a whole. It's it's a it's a great place to be a part of, and certainly um, like you, I, I love being able to to help people. You know, help people to improve, to reach reach their goals, whatever those those goals might be. That's it's always uh, uh you know something that certainly um, get, I get a lot of fulfillment from, and it sounds like you do as well. Um, with with, with getting started or, or with 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 working with your athletes, um. W- was that was you know everybody obviously is a little bit different. It sounds like most of your clients are, are local, which which uh, is 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 a cool way to do it because obviously you get to see them, you get to you get to know them much better than if you're doing online or virtual type of coaching things like that. Um, you know, was it was it a pretty pretty smooth process of, of getting started? Did it take a little while to, to catch hold? I mean, did did most people just come from that that uh, cross training for runners class that you had at, at the uh, at the Body and Soul where you were working, or how did how did the getting started process go for you? Well, it's kind of funny you ask because um, it started with just helping two friends um, with their with their marathon goals and um, just being there for them and being supportive. I'm, I'm a true believer that you know you could find any any sort of plan, whether it be in the book, um, be online, or from your friends. But um, coaching to me isn't just about the plan; it's about being supportive, being that. Um, someone who's holding you accountable, um, someone who's checking in and honestly, someone who just shows that they care about, about that one individual. And, um, my philosophy with how I, how I coach is I want to be there for the athlete. I want to be, um, be there personally. So instead of, um, just emailing them a plan, I always try to make 
an appointment with them. Let's sit down. Let's talk about your goals. Um, how are you feeling today? Um, how are you feeling about this plan? Um, are your goals something you still want to um, achieve? And and they love that. And don't get me wrong. I, I think the online coaching is great, too. I, I am helping two people um, right now um, in Boston uh, with a plan, but I, I still check in with them um, you know, daily or, um, every other day mm-hmm. just to make sure that they're, um, getting their needs met. And, um, so yeah, it started with just helping two people to, um, you know, the Clarence DeMar has a half marathon and it, uh, it went from, you know, helping two people to, um, someone wanting to, do uh, extremely well in the half marathon. And I just offered my, my coaching services and kind of extended it to people. And from then on, it kind of took off. Um, and uh, it turned out to be two people showing up on Wednesday workouts to, you know, eight people. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it just kind of took off like that. It's been great. That's awesome. Congratulations. It's, it's, uh, certainly a lot of fun and, and, uh, certainly, uh, something that, uh, that, that I definitely enjoy. And, and like you said, it, it's, it's something that you enjoy as well. Um, question for you when it comes to client success, do, do you, uh, do you find yourself getting more, more excited, equally excited, or, or, uh, I'll say less excited. Although I don't think that's going to be a, a, probably part of the answer. Um, uh, but, but <laughs> where does it, where does it relate when, uh, you know, comparing client success versus, versus your, your success? Um, you know, I think success for 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 me with the client is, um, it, I mean, it could be anything. Um, it could be someone who's just fallen in love with the sport again. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there's I have I'm helping some people who are just you know want to start loving running again. Um, to um, that that PR that they're they're trying to get, um, and you know, I just because. I may have quicker times. I don't think that means anything. I, and I, I think that um, helping somebody reach their goal, whether it be breaking two hours, I'm there for them. Mm-hmm. And um, I've certainly um, find more success and more joy in that sometimes, even from my own running, which is crazy. You know, I, <laughs> I wake up every Wednesday um, because that's when I meet with my athletes, uh, pumped about, you know, helping them. Um, because they they have some goals to reach, and then I'll do my run later. You know, I, I I could get up any day of the week and do that and and be happy. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's that's my quotient. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I found that as well. Where it's like you know, I I still you know have goals for myself and things that I'm trying to achieve and 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 you know things that I want to to reach for myself. But but boy, I, I get I I get more excited when when my clients hit a hit a hit a PR or, or whatever, whatever their goals might be, you know, they, they just exactly. fell in love back in love with the sport. I get, I get more excitement, more, more joy from that than I do from having a great workout for myself or having a, a new PR for like, you know, I still get excited for myself, but boy, you know, if, if a push came to shove, I'd take, I'd take client wins over personal wins any day. Exactly. I think the best is when you get somebody who, who, um, will, will message you or, or say to you, how come I just did that? I'm like, <laughs> what do you, what do yeah. you mean? And I'm like, and they're like, how did I just shave 15 minutes off my half marathon time? I'm like, because you put in the work, mm-hmm. you did all the running. I was just there to just, just there to support you. And I, I just find so much, um, so much joy in that because I make it a point when I, when I meet with, 
it's new clientele or new athletes. And I even remind my, my current athletes that, you know, I'm not the run one doing the running. I'm just, you know, helping you along, but you, you're putting in the work and you show the drive and the motivation. That's why you succeed. So, um, it's just great to be part of that and, and, and seeing the success and the progressions of, of everybody. Um, it, it's just, that's what's running, what running is all about for sure. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, and, uh, as we're getting kind of close to, to wrapping up today, Thomas, I, I'm, I'm, I've got a couple other questions I want to ask you. Um, one that I tend to kind of go to, or at least a, a topic or a theme that I tend to got, tend to kind of go to anytime I'm talking to, to somebody who is a, is a coach. Um, because you know, I, I'll be the first to admit, I don't know everything. I, you know, I'm always trying to learn and always trying to get better at, at what I know and, and my knowledge base so that I can help my clients in, 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 you know, their needs from different directions. Um, so, so I always love to ask, uh, a, a good coaching tip or two, something that, uh, that, that it could be, I mean, and I know this is a very broad type of question, which isn't always the best way to ask a question, but, um, you know, coaching tips, whether it's, it's nutrition, rest, recovery, training, uh, whatever, um, a couple of, a couple of things there or any, anything on, on the top of your mind that, that we can, uh, tell the, tell the people, uh, to, to, you know, if, if something that they're not doing or something that they are doing that maybe they can, that you've learned from your experience that you've learned from, from coaching others, whatever, uh, that we can kind of use that as, as kind of the dial down for the conversation today. Oh, for sure. Um, I think I, a lot of my coaching comes from my own experiences too, you know, whether it be from older coaches or my own running experiences. Um, but I guess I'll use this little anecdote, uh, about it. So I would say back in September, I was, um, almost going to call it quits. You know, I, I was, I ran a half marathon. I was dealing with some hamstring glute injury. Um, and going back to, I was doing way too much. Um, I wasn't recovering. Um, I wasn't lifting, um, doing my strength routines. I wasn't doing my core, my mobility. I just went out last summer and just kind of hammered. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just did not work for me. Um, so to get to your, your answer, I think recovery, being able to recover, especially if you're training for a half marathon or marathon, is so important. Um, getting the proper sleep, um, taking the easy days easy and making the hard days hard um, is extremely important. Um, and, and it's funny because I, I'm sure there are coaches out there who, who don't even take a dose of their own medicine. And, <laughs> and that's what, that's what I was doing is I was telling my athletes, you need to recover. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to eat well, you need to sleep. And I wasn't doing it. And I was my own uh, worst enemy. And so leading into September, I cut my mileage from like 80 miles a week to 60. And I got into the weight room. I saw a PT and, you know, going from almost calling it quits in September to running a PR in Philadelphia three weeks ago, I, that's what I've been telling my athletes mm-hmm. is you, you need to focus on the recovery. Um, you need to um, make sure that you're sleeping and that you're eating well. I mean, those three things, I think, are, are a key to success because anybody could go out and try to run as fast as they can, but they'll fall apart just like I almost did in September. Um you know, I had one athlete who, who approached me and she said, I want to beat you. I'm like, okay, um, what, what's your plan? And this is when we were just kind of talking and she said, well, I signed up for three marathons and I'm doing Philadelphia in, in November and I want to beat you. I'm like, okay, how are you going to run these marathons? Oh, I'm just going to run and see if I could do mm-hmm. it every time. 
And long story short is we adjusted her, her training schedule, her plan. We approached the two other marathons as workouts because I wasn't going to tell her that you can't do it Mm -hmm. um, because she already had signed up. Um, But I enforced recovery. And a month in, she was saying, oh, my God, Thomas, I feel so much better Mm -hmm. because she was running every run, every long run at her marathon goal pace. And she was not having a good go at it. And she came very close in, in uh, Philadelphia. Again, 40 mile an hour wind gusts right. kind of slowed her down. Um, but she PR'd. She still PR'd in her marathon. And she she was uh, very happy. Um, but again, recovery. I think that's the most important thing, especially uh, for the marathon. Yeah, I, you, you'll get no argument from me. And I, I you know, there's there's so many different different uh, other ways to spin it, but yeah, if, if you're not if you're not allowing your body to recover, it's eventually going to break down. You might you might get a good year, you might get a good year and a half um, of of progress, but eventually when it breaks yeah. down, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's not it's less a matter of, of if and more a matter of when. And uh, yeah, if you're taking oh, care of yourself, you know, it's a lot. Yeah, you know, it's it's just like you talk about your car. It's a lot easier to change your oil regularly than it is to replace the engine. And it, and our bodies yep. are the same way. Yep. You do that regular yep. upkeep, recover things like that. Um, so great, great tips. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And I also think too, um, at at least, especially being up here in New Hampshire, we have a plethora of of, of trails. Um, and I I switched up my training where I I love trail running and instead of going out for, you know, 20 miles pounding the road for, you know, two hours and 15 minutes or so I go out for two hours and 30 minutes on the trail going, you know, easy, easy run pace, like nine minute pace. And it's still a good aerobic uh, workout, but I'm not pounding my legs so much. So, um, being able to kind of switch things up, getting off the road and, and taking it easy on your knees and your feet, um, is something that I, I tell my athletes as well is, you know, switch it up and, and get off the road. You know, I, I think trail running is a great way to, to kind of switch things up. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, a great tip and something that I I know that I, I it's one of those that I know and, and I also know that I don't do enough of it. So um, you know if if you're creative, it doesn't it, you don't have to look very hard. And, and most places, even urban places, you can find some some trails to run. Um, you just yeah. have to, to look around a little bit or you know just a little bit yeah. of a drive, and all of a sudden you're you're at a state park or you're at a you're at somewhere where there's some trails. So or just run run the fields, run around soccer fields, things like that. <laughs> yep, maybe exactly. it's boring, but it's it, like you said, it's saving your body a little bit. So. Yep. Good, good advice. So as, as we're wrapping up here, Thomas, now uh, actually officially promise the, f- the final question here, uh, philosophical question, you, you know, it's coming. Like I said, you've, you're like you said, you've listened to the show. You kind of know, know, know what to expect a little bit, how things go. Um, and I'm going to go a little bit farther off script than normal when it comes to the philosophical questions. This one isn't, isn't one that's on my, on my list, but, uh, something that, uh, I, I, again, would be curious with, with your background, with, with, um, you know, getting into, into the coaching. Um, how would you say that, that becoming a coach or maybe if, if, if this is, if this is the case, um, how has, has becoming a coach and working with other runners impacted your running specifically? Um, you know, lessons that you've learned that from, from working with others that you're like, Oh, I, I need to try this or, or I, I need to take some of my own medicine. Like you kind of said earlier. Um, what are, what are, what what is a way if there is a way that, uh, becoming a a coach and working with athletes has, has impacted you as, as a runner for yourself? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think that, um, becoming a coach has really taught me that running is not about how fast you are. It's not about being an all American and it's not about, um, running PRs. 
Um, certainly that's what we, we, we strive for, but with coaching, I, I've learned that it's running is all about community, about being loved and appreciated and um, included, I think, is a good way to put it, too. Um, I always tell people that the running community is, is, is so big yet so small. You know, I go down uh, to Manchester, Connecticut on Thanksgiving um, every year, and I, I get to speak with and see old friends and, and speak to some elite athletes. And there was one time when I was in college, I was able to talk to um, Anthony uh, Famigletti. Um, and he invited me after the race, hey, come on down and do a cool down with me after the race. And I was like, holy moly, <laughs> you know, uh, an Olympian just asked me to run with him. Um, and here in Keene or any community, uh, I'm sure you could kind of relate to all those where you, you might just be surrounded by some great people and, and just being able to share your love and passion for something, um, I think is really what opened my eyes with coaching is that I could have an impact and I could show people my passion, uh, for this sport. And, um, in the end, no one gives a crap about how fast you are or if you're an eight time all American or, or, you know, uh, an Olympian, because in the end it's, it's just running and, and, and we could all share that. So I think that's what, what has really opened my eyes with, with coaching. Mm, mm, love it. I love it. I love it. And, uh, as, as is typically the case, I'm going to stay out of the way and not, not mess that up by trying to add to it. It was, it was perfect and, and a great answer. Thank you, Thomas, for, for sharing that. So again, guys, if, if you wanted to connect with, with Thomas, find out more about what's going on, if you're in the, the keen New Hampshire area and, uh, you, you want to get in and, and start working with him, um, you know, there's plenty of places to find it, but social media might be the best. Um, again, Instagram at Thomas Paquette, uh, Twitter at Pac-Man Runs, P-A-Q-M-A-N-R-U-N-S. Uh, and you can obviously find him on, on uh, Facebook as well. And we'll have everything linked up as we usually do in the show notes for this episode. And today that'll be disruns.com slash 513. It'll take you right there to the website or to, to our web, to my website. And you'll have all the links there and you can connect with, with Thomas if uh, if you're so inclined. So uh, Thomas, thanks thanks you uh, for, for taking the time today. Thanks for, for sharing a bit of your story and, and some great tips there towards the end. So hopefully everybody that stuck around will be able to implement those because they're, they're certainly very useful. So uh, thank you for the time again today and uh, nothing but the best going forward. And so looking forward to staying in touch as well. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Thomas and myself. And as always, you know, it's a new year, but, but some things don't change when we turn over the calendar. Um, as always, at the end of each episode, I'm always curious to know what, what your takeaways were, what stood out to you. Um, sometimes, obviously, they're probably about the same thing as what stood out to me, and sometimes they're, they're radically different. And I always enjoy getting, getting those tweets or those emails or those comments on the website uh, where, you, where you share. You know, where, where you let me know what stood out to you, what resonated from today's episode. Uh, for me, the, the, the part of uh, the conversation with Thomas that, that really, really stood out to me was the idea about, about needing to relax. And, you know, his, his story about how at that, at that first marathon, he was just so tense and so, so stressed. And, and obviously, uh, from his story, it really hampered his performance. And how when he was able to run a race that he wasn't even really racing, you know, he was, he was doing it, but it wasn't, he didn't put any pressure on himself. He just relaxed and by God, he, 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 he did great. He PR'd, um, and just, just how important that can be. 
You know, when we're staring down a race and, you know, we've trained for something and this is our goal race, maybe you're going for a PR or a BQ or whatever it is, or maybe it's just your first time running a new distance and you've been, you've been looking forward to the first time running your first half marathon or your first marathon or whatever. We, we put so much pressure on ourselves, so much stress, so much, I've done all this, like, is it going to pay off? And if not, did I waste the last three months of my life or four months of my life or six months of my life training for this race? Relax. Relax, guys. Um, I know it can be frustrating when, when races don't go according to plan. And, and, and it does feel a little bit like we put all that time and effort and energy and, and money to travel maybe or to, to work with a coach. You put all that time and effort into the race and it doesn't go according to plan. That sucks. But if you're stressed out, high pressure um, beforehand, where you're really putting all that pressure and weight on yourself before the race, your odds of having a good race go down dramatically. So relax, relax before the race. You know, I I like to tell my, my clients and I like to try to tell myself as well that, you know, when the race is coming up, like, like you got to smile, you got to try to have fun. All the work has been done. And at that point you have what you have, you know, either, either training went really well, either training didn't go really well. Um, somewhere in between, you know, race conditions, whatever happens at that point, it happens. You, you did everything you could, um, or at least whatever you did is what you did. And so now you just got to go out and have fun and hope that things go well. Um, but just try to relax, try to enjoy the process, try to enjoy the day, enjoy the festivities, enjoy the other runners, um, and go out there and, and try to have fun. And if you can do that, just like Thomas, you might, uh, you might surprise yourself with a really good performance and a, and a solid PR, um, or, a, or a good BQ or, or whatever, but, but, uh, going in stressed, going in tight, going in, uh, over, you know, overhyped, worked up, uh, is just not a good recipe for doing well. And that was, that was a good reminder, something that I think I kind of know about, but, uh, it was, it was good to hear, you know, sad for Thomas, but good to hear his, uh, story, which really is a good, a good reminder for not only for myself, but hopefully for you guys as well, just the value of relaxing on race day. So that, uh, that is it. Uh, for, for today, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. hope you enjoyed the chunk conversation with Thomas. And like I said, love to hear your feedback. Love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear your takeaways, uh, at Dizruns on the Twitter, uh, Dizruns at gmail.com for email. And you can always, always, always leave comments on the website, Dizruns.com slash 513 for today's episode. Uh, we got some photos and links over there as well. So with that, we'll go ahead and, and put a bow on this thing. Don't forget, if you're listening to this, as this comes out, disruns.com slash best year. Join us for some fun. Hopefully learn a few things and help you, you get yourself ready to go for 2018. Um, and if you're a little bit late to the party, you know, if, you, if you're a week or two or, or months or years behind, uh, disruns.com slash best year replay. And uh, we'll have everything, you know, everything there from from uh, these three webinars linked up, ready to go. Get yourself a coaching call at the same time. Um, you know, buy one, get one, or however you want to think about that. But uh, any questions on anything, you can always let me know. But uh, it's it's good stuff, and uh, hopefully it'll be something that, that'll help you as well. So with that, thank you guys for uh, hanging out today, for, for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope your, your 2018 is off to a great start or uh, is the middle of 2018 or the end of 2018, wherever you're listening to this. Hope things are going well for you in your life right now. And uh, with that, let's, let's shut it down, right? Uh, please be well. Please take care, and we'll talk soon. See you guys.